Welcome into another All 22 Daily. I'm Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. We're talking about all these changes happening with our position weights, and today we're going to talk about cornerback. So the cornerback weight increases from 4.5% to 4.86%. Ray, tell me what impacted that from happening. Yeah, so um, contracts are signed year-round, right? So while there's no uh, huge sort of cornerback contract that really uh, stole the headlines this off season. Like we had obviously at, at quarterback, for example, in our previous episode um, for, for corners, we actually did pick up uh, the Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward extensions from the year prior. I guess if you call it the year prior, but essentially those, those came in after the deadline for last year's position weights. And so those sort of provided a boost uh, for corner and the weights moving forward for 2023. So kind of a little bit of a delayed gratification there, if you will. Um, but even so, by and large, with with, uh, with those included or without, um, the neighborhood of sort of the cornerback weight would stay around the same. So uh, just uh, making note there that corner was and still is, again, one of those premium positions that we talk about. Uh, in all 22, it's one of the cornerstone positions of your defense that hasn't changed in the recent past and doesn't appear to be changing in the near future, given the direction of the league and uh, the talent coming in at that position uh, throughout. So, uh, yeah, that's that's corner, another premium position and this time on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, there is a lot of young talent coming up in the cornerback position. It's got to make people excited. Um, and I want to just to jump in, right? We want to talk about the top guys at the position. So let's do that. So we released our top 10 ranking today. So if you didn't see it yet, I'll read off some of those names for you. So starting with Sauce Gardner at number one, Patrick Sertan falling at number two, Jalen Ramsey at three, Tyson Campbell at four, Legereus Sneed at five, Tariq Woolen at six, Jari Alexander at seven, JC Horn at eight, Denzel Ward at nine, and AJ Terrell at 10. So if you didn't listen to the previous ones, I'll just explain again that the things that go into our ranking are things like age, grading over the past few years, snap count over the past few years, uh, the draft position of that player, right? When they were drafted, where did the team make that investment in that player? Um, surroundings, right? So who's playing around them at the cornerback position? You know, it's it's important. Ray's going to maybe talk about some things later about like a guy like, uh, I don't know, maybe Chase Young. Uh, being there right as an edge rusher, that's going to make the job at the corner that much easier because there's a guy getting to the quarterback that much faster. So things like that are the things that go into our our, our uh, rankings. And we started with Sauce Gardner and Sertan. Ray, I, I don't believe that there's any corner in the league currently better than those two, period. Then you factor, factor in their age, right? They're 22, 23 years old. Um, they are extremely valuable. And uh, I would I would say even like they, you know, the the value we're saying at corner is 4.86%. But I would say those two guys with their age and how well they're playing at such a young age uh, would put them, in my mind, with some of like the edge rushers where the weight is, is you know, so much greater. So what do you think? Yeah, I think those are easily the top two. You kind of start, you know, your list is a good list if your top two names or, you know, top two to four names are sort of the bulletproof guys, right? I mentioned that in the quarterback episode. Regardless of what's around them, they're just so good that it doesn't matter, right? They're going to do what they got to do, and that's that. Their surroundings be damned, basically. So 
Uh, and yeah, Gardner and Tertan are definitely those guys. Um, you know, Sauce Gardner came in and just sort of basically exploded into the league. And and Patrick Sertan is just that super calm, just always in control, no, no weaknesses to his game whatsoever type corner. So yeah, I think those are the the two easy names when you combine age with skill set and everything else that they bring to the table. It's those two, regardless of what team you put them on, whether they're in a football stadium, on turf, grass, in London at 930 in the morning, uh, or in a parking lot in the middle of uh, New York City somewhere. Absolutely. And you touched on it. So there are very the top of your list, you want to be the guys that you feel comfortable with, right? You can start them any game and they're going to do the job that you put them in there to do. I think there's only one other guy that does that at corner that you feel comfortable with. And that's Jalen Ramsey, who's now 28 years old, going on 29. He might be playing next year at 29. I think Uh, some, I think he's an October birthday. So yeah, 29 at some point, that's pretty old for the corner position, but he's still an elite talent. But after that, right, it's, it's a lot of kind of, there's going to be games where they're excellent. There's going to be games where they're not right. They get beat by true number one receivers. Like when they face a Jefferson or a chase, like they're not going to, they're not going to continue grading well where a guy like Sertan sauce Ramsey, they, they do. So how do you start choosing the guys after that? Maybe top three. I always try to keep it as simple as, all right, do I think this guy is good or do I think this guy is very good (laughs) Uh, and, and go from there. Uh, because the thing about corner especially is it is a high variance position, right? Uh, it's it's kind of been noted throughout sort of the PFF literature uh, and things of that nature to where, you know, it's it's tough to be at the top of your game week in and week out. I mean, it is really hard to cover wide receivers in 2023. It just is. So you're, it, you know, like I said, unless it's those top, you know, two to four guys or whatever the case may be, you don't, you're not going to have a guy that's just going to go out there and just be a shutdown player or just get you a super high grade every single week, week in and week out where you don't even, you don't even look at to see who they're playing uh, that week. You don't look at the schedule. You just put them in your lineup or you put them first on your depth chart and that's that. So I just say, all right, who's good? Because I'm not, I'm not, you know, Nostradamus to sit here and predict an up or down week you know, every single time, it's just not going to happen. But if I have a baseline of just a good player, that's still, you know, at their athletic peak, I'm going to do all right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're not aging, if you're not coming off of an injury or anything of that sort, that could really hurt your profile. That's just what I'm starting with, right? Someone like Jair Alexander, um, you know, may not have had the, the highest grades over the last year or two, but I know he's a good player. Uh, and, you know, we've seen some of his work against even Justin Jefferson, right? Obviously, he's not going to win that matchup every time, but he's he's elevated his game in certain matchups like that to where you go, okay, yeah, he's built for that. He can He's up to the task. Again, maybe not every time, but there's few matchups where I would bet against him. So I'm comfortable taking that corner on my team and then going from there and building around it. Yeah, there's there's very few corners that you can – set and forget, right? You're not going to be able to do that and just let let some of these guys just go in every week in and week out and be your starter. So what I like to do is I'll take, if I don't get a sauce or a Sertan, I'll just grab a bunch of guys, right? Like I want five guys and every week I'm going to have to go look at matchups and make sure that I like what I'm doing. Um, but there's two guys that didn't make our list I wanted to ask you about, but Marlon Humphrey, Marshawn Lattimore, Ooh. those are two guys that actually did influence our 
positional weight because they are some of the highest paid players at the position, but they fell out of our top 10 for some of the younger guys like a uh, Chasey Horn, right? A Tariq Woolen. But those are the guys that I would say at the end of the day, go, go get those guys, right? Go add a couple of them because those are guys that you're going to be able to stream them and they'll consistently get you some pretty decent grading. But do you think they should have been in our top 10, right? Yeah, we, we don't exchange notes before we do this. And so like if you hadn't brought up Marlon Humphrey, I was going to mention him myself because I think he got overlooked over the last year because he had somewhat of a down year in 2021, uh, only mid-60s grading, finished 41st in in, in the league uh, as far as a uh, cornerback rating goes. But then in 2022, came back, uh, you know, high 70s, actually finished 14th in the league. And it was just kind of a ho-hum under the radar type great performance basically. Right. And I think going into last year, we had this discussion after uh, the the Ravens drafted Kyle Hamilton and how that kind of had uh, a residual impact on the defense. Right. And so for a lot of people, when they look at a cornerback situation, they think, okay, what's in front of them? Who's pressuring the quarterback, right? How long do they have to cover? But, you know, as, as, as you know, when you're playing corner, it's also such a relief when you have something that's reliable behind you at deep safety. And you know that if you have deep help, you know, a a deep half safety or whatever the case may be, and you're comfortable and you trust that guy behind you, you can play more aggressively on those shorter routes and play the sticks more aggressively and not have to worry about making up for someone else's deficiencies elsewhere. I think that's when you get in trouble, right? You'll always hear a defensive coach tell everybody, just do your job. And if your mind is elsewhere because you're not confident in the guys behind you as the last line of defense, you will start compensating for that. And that will impact your play. But in Baltimore with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams, that's a really solid safety tandem behind their corners. And I think that's part of why we saw a bit of a resurgence from Marlon Humphrey last year. And he's still only 26 years old. I think he's going to play the season at 27. Uh, based on his birthday, which I don't have in front of me, but so he's still in the prime of his career, even though he's been in the league for like seven years. So he's still at a good age. He's got a few good years left and he's in a steady situation. And throughout his career, he's performed really well. I think just one down year, two years ago, kind of had people forgetting about him, but this is still a very good player. So, um, if you hadn't mentioned him, I was going to say stock up on Marlon Humphrey anyway, as it goes for, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, he's a bit more streaky right? That's, that's just kind of his game, right? He's he'll, when he's on, he's on, right? When he plays Mike Evans, he's at the top of his game and you know, he'll, he'll just play the game of his life. Right. But then he'll also fall asleep when Saquon Barkley is lined up out wide and then just get torched on a straight go route by Saquon Barkley and give up a 58 yard touchdown and grade really poorly just because he's just, he's just off his game, right? Just these lapses and focus that we've seen sort of plague him throughout his career. He's, finished as highly as a top seven corner in the league, even as a rookie in 2017. So you know what he's capable of, but he is very streaky. So if I'm choosing between the two and they're just about the same age, I'm going with Marlon Humphreys because he's steadier. Uh, I like the situation behind him uh, as well as, as you know, in front of him on that defensive front. Whereas Marshawn Lattimore is more streaky. That's more matchup dependent corner in my book where, okay, yeah, I'm going to start you when you play the Bucks, And if you get enough snaps because you don't get into a fight with Mike Evans and get ejected, you're probably going to grade pretty well. But outside of that, I'm going to look at your matchup each week. 
Gotcha. And I would highly recommend that if if you're doing a draft for the first time in all 22, check out our mock draft tool because cornerback is the position that I would say is going to be you're going to learn the most when you do one of the mock draft tools, right? So you're going to you're going to get in there and you're going to draft, you're going to go, "Oh, I need edge, I need tackle, I need quarterback." I'm going to do those. And then the afterthoughts are, "Oh, I'm going to go get receiver, I'm going to go get corner." And while receiver there's maybe 40 or 50 guys that you can choose from an edge. There's a ton of really good edge talent. Corner goes really fast, right? So it's, it's a hard position to hit on and it goes really fast and you need depth. So figure out like practice a few times and figure out where's the best time to start taking those guys and be prepared because you'll get sniped and you'll be left with nothing if you wait too long. But with that, let's move to the rookie rankings, right? So draft just happened. We talked a lot about these rookie corners, a lot about these rookie corners, and you know that we really liked them. Today, we're not talking about which guys we liked the most. We're going to talk about which guys we liked uh, their landing spot the most. So, Ray, I'll kick it off talking about Witherspoon. He was my number three corner. I think you had him tied for fifth, which is a little bit madness, but you know, props to you for being brave. Uh, but he gets taken... I think fifth overall to the Seahawks going into like Pete Carroll defense. Couldn't like that situation more for him, right? He goes to a team that has a number one corner already in Tariq Woolen. They have a good slot corner in Kobe Bryant, another young guy. They have uh, uh, Keandre Diggs at safety and they have uh, Jamal Adams at the other safety position, right? So this is a team with uh, a lot of young talent in that defensive uh, backfield and Witherspoon goes in and kind of has like a no pressure situation where he doesn't have to guard the number one receiver every single time. Maybe he can, maybe he's going to step up and be better than Woolen, but he doesn't have to, at least from day one. And if he's not, that's fine, right? He's going to match up with the number two. And honestly, I think that kind of like based on how Rain I thought of him, I think that really like will bring out the best in him, right? That's, that's more suited to his skill set. Uh, no, uh, Seattle doesn't have the best edge rushers in the league, but you know, they have some young guys. They're going to be filtering in a lot of young guys to get snaps. And I like that for him. So again, you know, not a guy that we fell in love with as, as much as other people did, but him going to a Pete Carroll defense where he doesn't have to be the number one corner, just a great situation for him overall. So something I'm, I'm a fan of and looking forward to seeing. I think the thing about his landing spot too, is that, it's sort of a body type matchup, right? Tariq Woolen is the six four, uh, like just super long armed, uh, was the wacky wavy arm flailing inflatable tube guy mm-hmm. sort of build, right? And Devin Witherspoon is not that. He's like, what was it five ten and three quarters? You know, not not the greatest length, more compact and more so of a hitter than anything else, really, at least in my book. But the different body types there, so he'll match up more with receivers of his ilk right and he'll match that body type and if there is a you know six three uh big bodied receiver on the opposing sideline right they're probably going to match up to rick woolen on him so and and witherspoon won't sort of face that size disadvantage too so it kind of gives him some cover there uh on sunday so yeah um I, i like the landing spot overall it's not the you know, the, the greatest where it's like just the easy check marks of, oh, yep, yep, great defensive front, great safeties around him, that sort of thing. But based on how Seattle can mix and match their pieces there on defense, it'll bode well for him, especially early on. Cool. So tell me who you have. 
So, I mean, this is an easy one, but uh, I have Emmanuel Forbes going to the Commanders. So, uh, we both fell in love with Emmanuel Forbes. I think you look at that defensive front over there in Washington, and I mean, even you know, PFF just said it. Our friend Sam and Steve over there, as far as calling uh, the Commanders' defensive front the number one in the league, right? And they're getting back Chase Young. So you have Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Dayron Payne, all on that front uh, affecting the quarterback. You do have uh, Kendall Fuller at corner. So, again, someone who's been in the league over a half decade now, a veteran presence to kind of learn from. And what I like about Kendall Fuller is he's kind of of the ball hawk type variety when it comes to you know savviness as well, right? He's not necessarily the the super long uber athletic corner that gets by on just pure physical gifts, right? He's not Jalen Ramsey athletic, you know, here he's a good athlete, a good corner that's just made a living off of, you know, smart play. And that's someone that again, could, could really sort of take a young guy like Emmanuel Forbes under his wing. Um, it's a great mentor to sort of learn from there while also having the benefit of a great defensive front in front of you. So I, I like that for Forbes. I like that because he's a guy that we talked about being, like you said, really intelligent. He plays with a lot of nuance, um, but he also has a lot of turnovers. So if the defensive front is getting to the quarterback quickly, this is a guy that might take some risks, right? Might try to jump some passes and make some big plays. So um, that'll be really exciting. And and it's also a reason that like he might be in consideration for defensive uh, rookie of the year next year because he might have those statistical kind of successes that uh, the voters typically uh, look for. So that's exciting. I don't love the uh, defensive backfield though, right? So it's not really, um, yes, Kendall Fuller, but I, I don't even know who he has at safety there. Um, but well, Cameron, Cur Cameron Curl played pretty well. Now I'd have to see it again. I don't know if he's that guy or just had an up year, but um, Cameron Curl had a pretty good year last year. Uh, and then Derek Forrest is just kind of, you know, not just a guy, but just sort of a solid player there, right? Nothing as far as game-breaking ability is concerned. So, didn't Derek Forrest like? But you know what? He like, had that one that game. Said, he had a one game at the beginning of the season, and like yeah. I think he was our number one ranked safety after one week <laughs> or something like that. Because it's like, oh yeah, you're right. They do have a couple safeties, and one of them's good. And it's like, oh wait, no, he was good for a week. But no, it's the other guy. Yeah, Cameron Curl actually was much yeah. more consistent. So. Right, right. Okay. So then we're going to talk about sleepers, right? So um, guy I talked about a lot, Trey Tomlinson to the Rams. He gets to replace Jalen Ramsey. And I'm, and I'm kidding. I'm not actually going to take him, but um, and I don't think he's going to replace Jalen Ramsey. But Trey Hawkins to the Giants, I think, is a really interesting fit. You already hear the coaches talking him up a bunch uh, up here in New York. They're saying that he's a guy that they think will be you know, threatened for a uh, starting role from week one. So they think he's that advanced and that ready to step in. Uh, I like it because he's going to a defense that's trying to really transform themselves from this, this older front, this, this older group of guys that, you know, was kind of underachieving to now just infused with young talent, right? You have talking about like kind of defensive fronts, they got a, uh, they got Dexter Lawrence, they have uh, Williams, they have Thibodeau, they have Ojolari. So a lot of young guys that are going to be getting to the quarterback. And and as Thibodeau continues to grow, I think he's going to be kind of one of those guys that in a couple of years we're going to say is like he's one of the top guys in the league. I really do think that. So um, really love that. Then they go and invest in some linebackers, right? They have Okariki there now 
who Okereke, I know I'm kidding again, <laughs> but I really do like him. Um, and then you look at the, you know, Xavier McKinney uh, at safety, and then they go and draft, right? They go and draft uh, Deontay Banks, who we really liked. And they have a Dory Jackson at the other uh, corner spot. So if there's a way for Trey Hawkins to prove himself and get into this lineup somehow, you, you got to like that for him, right? Because he's going to be put into a position where he doesn't have to be the guy, but he can be a really you know, promising role player and step up and just have a lot of success. So I'm excited for him and to see what happens with him in the future. Yeah, maybe careful about entering that lineup a little too early. I'm not sure what the plans are with uh, with Darnay Holmes, for example, um, who hasn't had the greatest start to his career over there in New York. So I think the opportunity is there. But you jump him in that lineup a little too early and uh, Jahan Dotson and uh, might, might show him a thing or two about route running and welcome to the NFL. Uh, you might want to let a, a talent like Hawkins kind of simmer in the oven a little bit before before taking him out uh, to the yard to play with the big boys. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, we're, again, we're talking sort of sleeper, if you will, right? That's This isn't someone you want to come in and say he's going to be an instant impact guy week one. Instant impact guys week one get taken in the top 50. Let's be real. And even then, that corner, they're not always instant impact to the positive side of the ledger either. It's mm -hmm. like we said, it's a tough position to play. So, yeah, definitely something that bears monitoring, like like you kind of laid out there. There's not a set in stone sort of log jam in front of him. Right. And yeah, yeah, he's going to have some tough matchups in that NFC East, right? You got uh, Devonta Smith as the wide receiver, too. You got Michael Gallup. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, maybe, I don't know, right, as the number two mm -hmm. in Dallas. So, yeah, some tough matchups, but again, maybe he's the number three there, right? Maybe he's playing uh, he's playing nickel corner, who knows? But, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to follow, but who's your guy? Yeah, so I might have went a little deep here, but I like Darius Rush out of South Carolina who went to the Colts in the fifth round. So another one of those deep guys you might find late in the rookie draft or late in the startup when you're trying to fill out that bottom of your roster, right? So yeah, Darius Rush goes to the Colts. He's a another big corner, 6'2", just under 200 pounds. Um, really good testing numbers, four threes in the 40. Good, uh, a pretty decent broad jump there. Has, has the frame you're looking for as far as length goes as well. And the Colts are a little interesting to me because if you look at what they have today, Right uh, on on the outside, sort of the vets there, Isaiah Rogers and Kenny Moore. You're talking about a five ten and five nine uh, cornerback there to, to sort of start right. And then in the draft, they went ahead and took Julius Brents, uh, the corner out of Kansas State, in the second round uh, with the 45th overall pick. And then circle back around to Darius Rush later on, and Julius Brents six three, Darius Rush six two. Might they be looking to sort of turn over a new leaf there as far as the profile that they're looking to bring in at corner for that defense? It's sort of what it seems like to me, right? So another guy who probably won't be called upon early on uh, to get starter snaps or anything like that, but clearly they have a plan for him where they have a type that they want at corner and he fit that mold. So for them to double dip at the position and take him, I'm a fan, right? They have some good pieces uh, up front on the defensive uh, front there with uh, DeForest Buckner and then Quiddy Pay. Uh, some work to do elsewhere, pretty much for the rest of the defense. There's no denying that. But again, this is a guy who's not, I'm not looking for a year one type uh, instant impact type player. They have some vets there right now, but 
if they're shifting towards this sort of bigger, uh, longer corner uh, for their defense, he fits the mold. They're probably going to continue to sort of shape that defense to their liking and their vision. And we'll see in 2024 and 2025 if uh, Darius rushes a hit. I like that. No, that's a good one. And especially because like the culture, that team that, you know, they haven't really had a lot of high draft picks lately because of some poor trade decisions. Right. So they've really had to make do with what they have and um, they have, they've done that. Right. They're one of the top defenses year over year uh, in, in the league. They lost, they lost uh, their middle linebacker there. Gosh, I'm blanking uh, Shaq Leonard. And it was kind of a devast- devastating blow yeah. to that defense. They lost their leader, but this year he's going to be back. Right. And uh yeah, I'm excited to see what that defense has to hold, and I think that's a great defense to invest in. So I like that one. Um, yeah. It's not like the offenses in that division are, are juggernauts either. So right, it's a bunch of rookie enough. corners, right? So <laughs> uh, rookie quarterbacks. rookie quarterbacks, yeah. So yeah, I've added. Yeah, no, I like that. But okay, so that's it for corners today. But uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all twenty two underscore pff, and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'm a ghost.